0: Welcome to the Dementia Well FNQ and our series on all things dementia. In the last episode, I mentioned that getting a diagnosis of dementia is a minefield and I want to now explain what I meant by that. I will be briefly looking at the signs and symptoms that you can report to the GP for a diagnosis and giving a couple of tips along the way on what you could do to help that person in the early stages. Now let's say that we have five jigsaw puzzle pictures. Okay, one picture is of stress, one is of depression, one picture is dementia, one is normal aging, and one is the unitract infection. You don't actually need every piece of the puzzle to work out what the picture is going to be, but you certainly need to have a good amount of them. A GP needs as many pieces of the picture as you can get before they can make a diagnosis. Now Here's the problem. The first piece we might have is the one that says the person is forgetting words. Well, this piece fits into the stress picture, into the depression picture, as well as the normal ageing and the dementia and the infection pictures. We still need this piece, but it doesn't really narrow down what the problem actually is. If that person then uses general clues to try and get that word, as in our example of fork that we used in episode 2, normal versus not normal ageing. The clue given was, you know, something that we use at mealtimes. So the clue is not narrowing down the answer to one or two things, but maybe over 10 things. We said that this was not normal. We can now maybe rule out normal ageing picture. However, this piece may still fit into one or more of the other pictures as well as the dementia picture. The person that has forgotten a word might not actually just miss it out or look for the answer from you for what the word is. They might actually replace it with another word. So the sentence actually doesn't make sense now and they become very difficult to understand. This is another piece of the puzzle and we need to make note of that. Now, not remembering what has just been said to you could be in all of the pictures, as can walking into a room and not knowing why you went in there. We did say that this could be very normal, but if this is happening more often to your person, then we can perhaps rule out some of those pictures, so take note of that. The doctor has to battle with these pictures alas they don't just have five pictures they have a lot more pictures that they're looking at to, to try and narrow down they have to also consider all the different types of dementia and many people have more than two types of dementia so they have what's called mixed dementia so no two people will present with exactly the same symptoms well i've got to tell you i would not be a gp for all the tea in china so we need to give them as much help as we can to make that correct diagnosis for the person that we're concerned about. I will now go through some more of the possible and more most common pieces of the puzzle, so we will know what things that we need to report to the GP. I will be going through them briefly and will t- talk more in depth about each one in future episodes, as why the signs happen and what we can do about them is far too much for this episode. Just before I start though, I do need to say that if there is something that you are concerned about and I don't list it, please see your GP anyway as it might be something completely different that they can be treated for because I'm not covering everything. Okay, so let's start. I'm going to start with wandering because 6 out of every 10 people living with dementia will wander. So if you notice that your person is walking from room to room or around the garden without any purpose, take note. Also, if they are doing this and you go out shopping with them, keep an eye out in case they wander off and they can't work out where they are and they don't know how to get back to you. If wandering is happening frequently, you can enlist help from other people and other places. Uh, I'll give an example. One of the facilities that I worked in had a lovely lady who walked every day she didn't actually have a diagnosis at this time but over time we noticed that she was when she went out she was staying out for longer and longer and often missing her lunch it just happened to be lucky that one day I was walking past the hairdressers and noticed her sitting there having a cuppa it was very close to lunchtime so I thought I'll go in and remind her of the time As I was in there I was chatting to staff and I found out that actually she came in here regularly and wanted a cuppa. She thought it was a cafe. They tried to tell her that there were hairdressers but she got very upset and very confused so they thought best not upset her and they made her a cuppa. They'd been doing this for weeks as they didn't know where she came from or who to contact but she was no bother and she was very pleasant so that was fine. I talked to them and I gave them our phone number and every time she ended up there, they made her a drink, rang us, we went down there and walked home with her. The hairdressers had actually done the perfect thing. Rather than arguing with her, they went along with her reality. There's no point in arguing or trying to correct a person living with dementia as their world is not making sense to them and being called out on it will not help anyone. You don't have to tell lies either. Just work out what they need. And in this case, it was a friendly place to stop and have a drink. So they allowed that to happen. Hmm, Everyone's happy. (laughs) This actually does make it all sound so simple. And I know as well as you know that life isn't always like that. Emotions get in the way. And the closer you are to the person, the more baggage there is between you. And the more difficult it is to take a step back and breathe. Especially as in the early stages, they will swing in and out of the dementia process so it feels like they are doing something to upset you on purpose. They really aren't. They are struggling to make sense of the world. But I digress. I'll give you another example. We had another lady who used to wander around the shop. She always ended up in her favourite clothes shop and she would always put a few items on lay-by. But she would never remember that and so she never picked them up. And the shop was building up quite a supply of things on the lay-by list. We spoke to them, and every month we would go and collect the money that she had used to put on layby and pop it back into her account, and they put the clothes items back on the shelves. They would ring us if there were any problems or if anything built up too much, and it was time for us to come in and do something. This works well as long as you can as long as they can easily be redirected, and that they are safe. It allows them to continue to be independent. It's when they want to cross roads without looking or other safety issues that we need to put more drastic measures in place. If you are unsure what to do and that they are unsafe or becoming unsafe and depending on your situation, each one is different, you can get help. Places like online Alzheimer's Australia, Dementia Australia, I have put links to these websites in the feed, which is where the description of the programme is. I do know that these two organisations are all over the world, so you just type in dementia and your country and you will get lots of information on all types of behaviour with suggestions on how to handle them, other places that you can go to get help, and they have a wealth of information and fact sheets to help you understand what's going on with your person. You can also contact your GP, you can also contact us here at thedementiawillfnq at gmail.com and we will see what we can do to direct you. Other things that are reportable to the GP for a diagnosis are things like disorientation and confusion. They're very common signs. This also can actually be normal. I personally have no sense of direction If I go into a big shop and exit from a different door than I came in from, I am completely disorientated and I have no idea where I am or which direction to go to. I have to actually retrace my steps back through that shop to the exit that I came in at. And then I've got, I know exactly where I am. So we are not going to be talking about that. We are talking about when you go on a regular visit to somewhere like the shops, You go there every week, you do the same things in the same order, doing what you usually do and the person gets confused and doesn't know what to do next or where to go next. That is the confusion that you need to take notice of. When they get confused doing normal tasks like brushing their their teeth, they get confused and maybe brush their hair with a toothbrush. Take note of this. Again, it's good not to maybe correct them because they can get very angry or upset because they know there is something wrong. They don't want to be called out on it. With confusion and disorientation, we can reduce the number of times it happens by trying to keep a routine, laying things out in order of them happening. Like clothes, starting off with getting dressed. You, you would lay out their clothes, you would lay out the underwear first, then a top, then a skirt or trousers, then a jumper or cardigan. Things like always going to the same hairdresser so that they get they're familiar with that person. I'll talk more about this in the next few episodes. Putting things away in a different place or a strange place, like putting socks in the fridge. This is a sign, so take note of that. And one of the early signs in Alzheimer's is losing the sense of smell or a metallic taste in the mouth. So if they mention that, again, take note. Things that we learn last are the first things that that we lose because short term memory goes first. So it really is very good to get as much of a history about who they were and what they did before they became acquainted with you. This will make it easier for you to maintain a relationship with them as they change. Another sign is missing logical steps in a task, like preparing a meal and forgetting to cook it but serving it up on a plate to eat, or having a shower and forgetting to rinse the shampoo out of your hair. Again, signs to take note of. Having more falls or dings in a car This is mainly because the person is having difficulty judging distances. Their vision is changing. I'm going to do a session on vision changes because that is a huge one. But take note of this at this time. They may have mood swings from happy to angry in a matter of seconds with no apparent reason for the changes. Again, take note. The list actually goes on and on. So anything that is unusual for them, make note of this. Anything that they are doing more and more, take note. Anything that does not appear normal or normal for them. Any personality changes. Now that you've got your list, what we need to do now is take that to the GP. I won't be talking about that in this episode. We will save that one for the next one. So in this episode, we've talked about some of the difficulties in getting a diagnosis And so many signs and symptoms belong to several different diagnoses. Diagnoses? Can I say that? (laughs) I'm not sure. I have talked about some of the more common signs and symptoms that you need to take note of to let the GP build a better picture of what's going on with your person and have given you a few tips on how to handle some of those situations and a place to get more help. Next episode, I will either be looking at the visit to the GP And we'll be speaking with one of our wonderful local GPs in Townsville, depending on their availability is when the episode will air. But that is coming up. Or I might be talking to a local diversional therapist on how to set up a routine for success at home in those early stages. So for now, I hope you found this useful. And um, I hope you join me next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye.